morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we're giving you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. The CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, is in the building. And we're going to have a surprise guest later in the episode. It could be Gonzo. It could be NFT Tones. The world will find out. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how despite the SEC lawsuit, Ripple continues to expand. Inking one of its larger partnerships to date, we outline how over $1 trillion in volume could soon be entering the XRPL. JP Morgan has come out in support of DeFi as the CEO of Citadel is speaking out against the criminals operating in the crypto industry, warning the world of the games billionaires are playing behind the scenes. Nike is doubling down on its use of blockchain after announcing a brand new Web3 product. While renowned Indian investors states that the FTX collapse is just the tip of the iceberg, claiming another $500 billion could exit the market. Klaus Schwab addressed global leaders on the historic reset that's taking place today telling the world to prepare for a complete financial reset. And as the world is turning digital, XRP is set to take center stage. With 2023 only four months away, we show our listeners how the new regulation could lead XRP to price targets never seen before. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I don't know if he's doing an NFT pose or if he froze here or something. So I'm kicking it right to you, my friend. How you feeling this morning? Thank you for being here. We got some amazing news prepared for our listeners as Ripple just inked a partnership with a company that does over a trillion volume per year. So pretty exciting news. Before we dive into that, what's on your mind, my friend? We got really great news. Johnny Crypto just left. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It's an amazing day. The XRP King is here. He came back right so that's also very very exciting and i'm super excited thanks uh, for having me apps we're gonna have lots of great topics to talk about and uh, i see the the chat and everybody's hyped up i love this happy tuesday everybody thank you guys shout out to all of our warriors for being here we got 188 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button i'll get some more team members in here soon we're gonna start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our good morning crypto twitter account that's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in extreme fear this morning. Nothing has changed on that front, sitting at a 22. But when we check out the crypto bubbles, we're getting some price movement this morning. So pretty exciting, pretty exciting here. XRP is up 15%, Quant's up 13%, and the FTT token, stay away, my friends, but it is up 36% on the day. Let's dive into the total coin market cap here. We're sitting at $852 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 38% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin is over 17,000 at $17,005 this morning. Ethereum, 1,200. XRP is 39 cents, and it's up 15% this morning, so pretty good news there. Cardano's 34 cents. Litecoin, $59. Stellar is 9 cents. Algorand's 28. And one of our favorites, Quant, is sitting at $122. Selman, there's really not many people to go to this morning, so I'm kicking it right to you, my friend. What have you been doing uh, in the market, and how are you operating during these bearish times? Hey, I'm super excited. Like Bitcoin at 17K, I believe it's a bull trap. I believe we might see another leg down. A lot of things happen, right? A lot of things change. We got bearish momentum now after FTX. It was a FUD around um, Gate.io 
around crypto.com. So it, it's a mess. So I believe, you know, it's too early to say, okay, you know, pump it. But the stock market is recovering. That's cool. But, you know, we have certain resistance levels. But the CPI rate last week helped a lot. And that might be, you know, um, I would say December CPI will definitely determine if inflation is really going down. That way they will, you know, we will come closer to the pivot, right? The Fed pivot. And I'm waiting for that moment. But for now, great buying opportunities to dollar cost average. And of course, know your risk, only invest the money you can afford to lose and only invest in the ones that resonate with you after due diligence. Thank you, Salman. And Johnny Crypto is back in the building, my friends. We got 247 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to break down all the advancements that Ripple's done over the past couple of weeks. But Johnny Crypto, while we got you here, what's on your mind, my friend? And how are you reacting this morning? Yeah, well, first of all, just let me say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Apparently, my computer has become like me in old age. It lost its memory. It doesn't have any left. Completely wiped out. So you have no memory. And it shut me down. So, uh, Hopefully, it's got enough memory now. I cleared some space, so we should be good to go, Abs. Hopefully, everybody's doing well out there today. Awesome, guys. And we're going to get this show started with a very interesting video from the founder of HBAR predicting the market collapse. Johnny Crypto, we're going right back to you for some comments after this video. Here we go. Typically, the history of any kind of market is that you have this enormous springing up of thousands and thousands of companies, and then you have a crash, and then you get down to three or four whatever big companies that continue on there. And that's the way every revolution tends to happen. Johnny Crypto, would you call this a revolution, my friend? We're watching a financial revolution take place. And I've got a really interesting video to show you from Klaus Schwab, who spoke just yesterday, talking about how not only is the whole world going digital, everyone is going to be compliant. So really exciting news there. But what do you think about this Hedera video? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I love this guy, Verhoeven. Here's Johnny. I need, that. I need him to do one of, those, one of those audios. But um, at the end of the day, you know what? He's 100% right. That's exactly how technology works. And that's how products work in general is the, in the beginning, everybody and their mother comes because everybody and their mother wants to play. And then 95% of them get wiped out. And there's four or five left. It's called consolidation. Consolidation happens where the 5% that survive buy all the good elements of the 95% that failed and they throw the rest in the trash. And then those five that survive go on to become the leaders. And so that's why I've been telling everybody, or I shouldn't say that, but that's why I personally, my strategy, investment strategy, as I've been saying this over and over again, so everybody already knows what I'm about to say. You want to have as many horses in this race as possible of the ones that you think will, um, well, basically survive. You have to know that some of your horses are going to die. They're going to they're going to lose. But the ones that you have, or they're going to get cannibalized. But the ones that you have, you just need one or two. You hope you hope that they're going to be within those four or five horses that survive. And if you just get one. Of those five, you're going to be very, very happy. So that's just how the game is played, and that's what we're looking for here. And we hope that, um, again, it's the reason why you have to have multiple horses in the race because what he said is 100%, 100% true. And, Johnny, this article is the one that our listeners are tuning in for this morning as we're going to break down exactly how XRP was built to have a $10,000 price target. And even if we don't reach those levels, it does appear that we're going to be getting back over $1 at some point. So pretty exciting news for our listeners. But I did want to play this settlement clip, breaking down exactly what Ripple would need from the SEC before they settled, and that could lead to some pretty exciting price action. So we're going to let the short clip play and go to Selman. Here we go. Any settlement on the table? We said... Uh, publicly since day one that this case settles if the SEC makes clear 
that Ripple sales and distributions of XRP and XRP's trading in the secondary market does not constitute a security. If they're willing to acknowledge that, the case settles and settles very, very quickly. So, Selman, this news is becoming more relevant than ever as we got a pretty exciting update from Fox News yesterday, supposedly leaking some behind-the-scenes information about Ripple and the SEC working on a settlement. They came out and Ripple refuted those claims, but my take was if they were working on a settlement, they wouldn't come out on Fox Business and tell the public yet. What do you think about this clip here stating that the SEC would have to register XRP as an unregistered security, or sorry, a non-security, and what that could mean for the entire market? So actually, uh, that's a very good point, you know, that they joined Fox Business and uh, literally talked about this. And Coinbase joined the space as well. Several other companies are also willing to jump in and protect Ripple. We're asking ourselves why they did it now. Well, they started, you know, supporting now. Where have they been two years ago? But um, it's interesting to see that it happens. Um, you know, Brett Gallinghouse said that it's going to happen Q1 of 2023, and we're coming closer, right? The the Every single day, we're coming closer to the settlement. And this is why uh, it kind of looks like we are very close to that after the Hinman emails and, and many other stuff that, that was revealed. And after library, all that, plus the FTX thing really among the investors really showed that Gary Gensler and his team, the SEC should focus on some other major events, right? Literally you hang out, you hung out with this dude and guess what happened? And so, but you never hung out with Ripple and um, you're always fighting these uh, cryptocurrencies, the big ones that are actually not the, like no securities. We like, um, and, and they're not protecting these investors. They should rather focus on these big exchanges, right? They are who are, pretty much playing around with customer funds. And so you see, we're coming to an end slowly. There is a lot of, you know, distraction as well. I believe uh, sooner or later that settlement will come. I've seen in the chat, some people believe it's going to happen today. Who knows? It would be great, of course. And one last thing, it's a blessing. If you believe in XRP, it's a blessing after that FTX collapse uh, that XRP is trading below 40 cents again, right? It's a, it's a great deal. Some people were like pissed off that they weren't able to buy again. It was at 50 cents and it went down to 33. So if it resonates with you, beloved, you know, these are great opportunities. Wait for another pullback maybe to get in, but great for us. And we got a pretty exciting update from one of our listeners out there as Dillip just typed in the live chat saying, apparently the eighth billionth person was born today. And CZ, the CEO of Binance, took the time to respond saying 8 billion people will use crypto in just a few years. So Johnny Crypto, before we dive into our news for today, 8 billion people on the planet. Do you believe all of them are going to be using crypto in a few years? No, nah, he's wrong. So it's not going to be. I don't think all 8 billion people will. I mean, all 8 billion people don't use anything. <laughs> Good so. point. I know. I think. I think there'll be a good. Well, first of all, I think there'll be about maybe a quarter of that that will actually, you know, there's projections that about 2.5 billion people would actually invest in crypto, and that's you know between now and 2027 or so. So that's still a while's away. We're only about 300 million right now, 350 million people. So we're, we're it's a very very small portion. That's the people who are investing in it. In terms of using it. At some point in time, the whole world maybe you know if everybody's running, if all the central banks run on CBDCs. Yeah, maybe 10, 15, 20 years from now, the whole world will have no choice but to use it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But in terms of decentralized, now you'll never see that many people using it. I personally have to say, I really believe it can happen in a few years. Why? Because, guys, damn, we got a new guest. He's probably going to join now. Um, the thing is, TikTok, for example, it, it's it's been here for a long time. It was Musical.ly before. 
But then after the pandemic hit in 2020, TikTok was a big thing. Like 20, end of 2019, but then 2020 was a big thing. Everybody used TikTok and now over a billion people are using it on a daily basis. And I believe if once CBDCs are introduced and all of a sudden the narrative changes and digital money plays a different role in our lives, I believe that's really going to have that, like it's going to have that massive boost. Plus Starlink is coming, right? All these uh, regions in like Africa or Asia where you usually don't have great internet, you will have fast internet connection. That's great. Plus, you know, Facebook meta is also, uh, I haven't of course checked if they're still working on that, but like a couple of years ago, they were very much focused on building infrastructure in these rural areas, et cetera. So to bring them these payment solutions, internet basically at all homes. So I would say this decade, in this decade, literally 2023 to 2020. Nine, I would really believe a lot of change will happen and instantly people will use crypto. Crypto, CBDCs, all yep. of that combined. And we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. NFT Tones just joined the building. And as you can see, we've got a really interesting article pulled up from one of the founders of XRP stating that it was built for over 7 billion people to use. But before we dive into that article, NFT Tones, thank you for being here. And how are you feeling, my friend? Yo, in all honesty, I'm feeling tired. I had a wait, uh, late wake up and uh, I'm just glad to be here, but I'm excited to just constantly still be DCAing with these uh, markets how they are. Exactly. Thank you, Tones. We got some pretty exciting news for our listeners here as I'm going to read this whole tweet and then we're going to kick it to Johnny K for some comments because this is what we're talking about when we say XRP was designed for $10,000. So back in 2019, there was an article published stating how XRP could potentially become a $10,000 token. Arthur Brito came out and made a statement that the XRP ledger needs to be able to scale over seven and a half billion people and even more devices, a new accounting mechanism that should allow XRP ledger to efficiently service humanity and scale the usage of its development. So long story short, the XRP's goal is to have everybody on the planet operating within this network. And we've seen David Schwartz reference the tokenization of everything, Johnny. So I do think that's going to be one of the key aspects into getting the general public operating onto a blockchain. What do you think about one of the founders of XRP saying it was built for over seven and a half billion people? Yeah, I think that's true. You hear that all the time that they talk. They, they, the nice thing about Ripple is they knew when they were designing it. What the hell is wrong with my microphone over here? They knew when they were designing it, what they were designing it for. So they had that in mind, which is a good thing. You know, in terms of everybody using it, again, that's, that's just, who cares? I mean, as long as half the people are using it, we're all going to be super, super, uh, wealthy but the reality is I, I it's it's good to see what they were planning for understanding that they they were thinking about it out the gate correctly if you're not thinking about the design properly in the beginning we have this we have this saying in technology most of you might have heard it shit in equals shit out right so you have to have the right design going in or the mindset right or you're going to end up with crap on the outside so you know, maybe that's another shirt but anyway yeah crap in is crap out but anyway Nonetheless, it's good to see that they knew what they were doing up front. I'm not surprised. Ripple's a very, very capable company. Selman, and what caught my attention during this article was the fact that it said XRP can be provided for everyday use cases as well as overall storage. So this would allow for everyone to have an account on the XRP ledger for low cost while providing the necessary performance for humanity-level service. I expect that most users of XRP will use hosted accounts in their day-to-day -day needs, holding small amounts of XRP, placing orders, and making payments. Selman, how long do you believe until the general public is using XRP as a form of payment? And I'm not talking about the amicus briefs that were filed for Ripple. I'm talking about broadly across the board. 
Yeah, so imagine secure, it's not redeemed as a security. All of that is like finally done and it's traded, right? But even that new stuff, they will bring like a lot of hype around XRP. But then, <clears throat> so we got the NFT integration that just dropped, right? Which is insane. Then hooks will be introduced, which is smart contracts on XRPL. XRPL is a little different than, um, than other um, blockchains like Ethereum. So very different. And tokenization is a big topic where you see these big institutions partnering with Ripple to bring in tokenization for real estate, et cetera. So that is also coming. It's already there. But like people don't know about crypto. That's the problem. People need to, we need to educate them first on crypto and then eventually the other thing will come. But Ripple has really shown time and time again that we don't have these um, Solana network errors or failures, right? We don't have that. We're totally decentralized blockchain. And um, that is important like because tomorrow in that in the next couple of years when people really want to build something on a certain blockchain they will see man xrpl was one of the best networks um that you know we have a proof record and so people will build on that and more and more customers communities will join because of these institutions with their products and then for example our nft project right we're we're actually um attracting more and more people to the XRPL. And then uh, at some point people will be uh, like forced to use XRP basically in their everyday lives when they uh, pretty much work with these NFTs or whatever it is, right? And and sooner or later, you're going to see these um, ma this mass adoption for XRPL will take place. And I would say like literally the next bull run will be um, important, but in a few years, you'll really see how people are moving towards uh, to XRPL. And I love the comment we got from one of our listeners that said, pretty soon, everybody's going to be using blockchain behind the scenes without even knowing it. And when we talk about mass adoption, that's going to be the catalyst for generational wealth, my friends. We got 352 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. NFT Tones, I'm coming to you first after I read a couple of quotes from this XRP to $10,000 article. So one of the reasons that they believe XRP could reach these unprecedented price targets is because of the volume that Swift is currently doing every day. To move Swift $5 trillion in daily transactions, this would require XRP's liquidity pool to be much larger than it is today. With 45 billion tokens in circulation, the price of XRP would approximately have to be $111 to handle that amount of liquidity. This problem only compounds when XRP's use cases are factored in. They're bringing in international payments, retail payments, credit cards, institution and retirement investments will drive demand for liquidity when it comes to XRP. And if we're talking about the tokenization of possibly everything, the market gets infinitely bigger here. We're talking about $1.4 quadrillion in total assets could be tokenized. If XRP even got 10% of that, that would be $100 trillion NFT tones. We're talking about the tokenization of everything. What are you anticipating from XRP? Do you believe it could still be one of the leaders in the tokenization of real assets? I mean, of course. I mean, look how the future is going. We're starting to see more and more assets tokenized every day. And I think it's only a matter of time before XRP really starts to dominate this space. I mean, as we further see further adoption, I think we're going to actually see some, maybe not XRP go to $10,000 or over $1,000, but we'll definitely see potentially XRP at $100 or $200. And I think it's really, really interesting to see because there is so much potential out there as we see more and more adoption. I've seen articles that say that only 1% of the world are, is actually adopted uh, cryptocurrency. So as the rest of the world starts to fork, uh, come into this, we'll start to see more and more people actually get 
and adopt crypto and i think we'll actually see xrp skyrocket spot on nft intelligent selman i'd love to get some comments from you here because they break down all the use cases on the xrpl and they didn't include two very very important details one nfts and two DeFi coming to the ledger is gonna it's gonna unleash historic amounts of liquidity and everybody shits on flare network johnny crypto but at the end of the day when they do launch those DeFi products there's going to be tons of institutions that use that to take advantage of the cheap transactions so selman what do you think about the growth of xrp here and the fact that even in this long list of use cases they missed a couple of key points so one thing you brought up DeFi. literally last week we learned a new another big lesson DeFi is the future. Why? Because we can't trust exchanges. Like Binance right now looks like they are the heroes, but eventually, you know, they're all the same. And we want to basically unbank the banks, right? So we want to have, we, we, we were running away from banks and now we're like hoping that our exchange is safe. Like get your cryptos off of exchanges, have them on your own cold wallet. This is the part of decentralization that you own private keys then you that you're part of a blockchain right and that is important DeFi will come right and it, it's just going to be um adding so much more utility another great aspect of um xrpl where I, why i would speculate we don't know what's going to happen right maybe there is going to be a new coin out there and the fi- financial system wants to adapt that we don't know but um one thing i would think is uh, or suggest xrpl hasn't doesn't have the you know we mentioned that before xrpl doesn't have these incentives for uh, for validators right, or for the nodes. And uh, you have that with Ethereum now with proof of stake. You have that with Solana, with any others. And so imagine you have trillions of dollars there and you know, you're still have, you still have a little bit of risk of centralization there because of the stakers, because of, you know, the large amount of stakes um, in that pool. But XRPL simply doesn't have that. And this is the beauty of it. And simply, if one if one Ripple node, if my node is like literally um, doing against the rules and, and I'm like something fraudulent, they will immediately kick me out. The system will kick me out. And this is the best part of it. But, you know, with Bitcoin and others, there is still a little bit of centralization and um, people need to pay attention to that. If you want to run like trillions of dollars, you want a completely decentralized thing or you want it extremely centralized you you know you have to pick one but you can't pick the middle so we'll find out i'm speculating on xrpl on this topic johnny we got a couple of great points from selman there but i wanted to point out this article from sam bankman freed earlier this summer breaking down how he believed multiple crypto exchanges were secretly insolvent behind the scenes little did we know he was talking about himself johnny k but one of the things i found very interesting from this morning is that jp morgan actually came out and was promoting decentralized finance. So very unexpected here, but JP Morgan said all the recent collapses in the crypto market have come from centralized players and not decentralized protocols. Before we get into some pretty exciting news, what do you think about JP Morgan supporting DeFi, Johnny K? That's actually a shocker. <laughs> Surprised to actually see that come out there, but you know, nothing really surprises me anymore. You know, you're watching political theater. This is all, you know, the whales are no longer running crypto. It's now the smart money running crypto. And so you're going to see a bunch of, manipulative you know manipulation happening in narratives and things like that that are going to be going forward that's just going to break you're going to blow your mind you're not going to be able to follow what's happening because there's a bigger plan behind the scenes but nonetheless exactly that rabbit hole goes very 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 deep um but i think at the end of the day yeah that's great to see jp morgan say that however like we always tell you on this show 
<laughs> most of these guys are saying something, you got to do the opposite of what they say. So if they're saying the centralized system is good, you already know what they really mean. But, you know, there was an interesting comment that came up here in the in, in the quotes that I want to just capture, which will come first, 10K quant or XRP. So I'll give my opinion on this one. I, I personally, nobody's going to like my answer, but I don't care. The reality is I, I personally believe that quant has a much, much better chance of getting to 10K way before we ever see XRP. And partly because mainly if you've done your homework, you'll know that the, the coins in float make a difference in terms of how high the price could get to. Uh, where it's going to go for its market cap. And for those of you who have done your homework, you'll know that Quant has a much, 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 much smaller base of coins available. I don't remember the exact amount, but it's in the low millions compared to Ripple that has like, I think, 50 billion so, or 100 billion. So, yeah, so it's only 14, 14.6. Yes, 14, yeah. So Quant has by far, it's not even a question, has a way better chance of hitting 10K than you'll ever see Ripple hit 10K. Uh, Wi-Fi got the best of them again, but Johnny Crypto, I'm going to dive in here That's because just, I do. I actually agree with you in many. My two cents. Uh, I'm guy. curious if you guys see it any different. This guy, you've been chopping it out for 30 seconds here, but what I do want to say is that I agree with you. Quant is clearly going to be the one that reaches uh, $10,000 a token first. And for the only reason that you brought up, just the liquidity, the amount of supply and circulating supply. I lost my train of thought there. So someone, I'm going to kick it to you and then we'll dive into some more news. What do you think about Johnny's statement? $10,000 XRP or $10,000 Quant? I mean, unless they flip the switch, right? Then, uh, no, no. Um, here's the thing. $10,000, like literally my fundamental and, trading uh i would say um background ten thousand dollars for xrp is a big big number also in terms of market cap right and even if that's gonna happen it's gonna take so much time because you don't yeah. move like the the people the big governments they're not gonna be like hey guys you know what let's put all the trillions of dollars immediately into xrp that won't happen i don't think that because even like Imagine if a big guy wants to invest, if a big institution wants to buy into XRP, they're not buying it, right? They're doing it immediately. They're buying OTC, et cetera. Why? Because they would immediately pump the price, right? In, in this case, if they put like $100 trillion into XRP, it would go up to like a million dollars immediately. And that would be just stupid. Of course, they're going to go in slowly and steadily more and more on the balance sheet you're going to see they're adding more stacking more xrp but this is in the long run but i definitely agree if quant is definitely uh going to deliver what it's promising then hell yeah with 14 million coins in total supply much much likely uh likelier that, that we will that we will see 10k for quant and I yeah, love I mean, this comment here, Johnny Crypto. It says Quant would be $10,400 a token if it just had Ethereum's market cap today. So pretty much that's the answer to our questions. But we got 380 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got tons of XRP news prepared for today. But this video, this is one I think our listeners need to see. As Ken Griffin, the CEO of Citadel, is highlighting one of the darkest details of the entire FTX situation. And he's highlighting how many exchanges could be doing the same things behind the scenes. We're going to let this short clip play and get comments from the group. Here we go. That all just worried about, you know, on the balance sheet of FTX's line called Trump Lose. And Sam was the second biggest donor to Democratic candidates. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to draw their own conclusions about what you're saying here. 
right? Those are those are really, really ugly facts when you see a fraud of this magnitude having played out and you find no regulators were there to prevent it. Johnny, what are you thinking here? There's a lot that goes through my mind when we talk about the ICC and particularly the way they're operating in the crypto space. When you talk about how they were working with many of these exchanges behind the scenes, and we're going to break down how Gary Gensler may have known that FTX was insolvent before it even collapsed. This is a primary example of how they're misleading the public. They're telling you to use products like FTX when they have inside information that many of these things are confirmed to be Ponzi schemes. And we have hard evidence of that now, but I'd like to get some thoughts from you. This is the CEO of Citadel, one of the most important men in finance, criticizing the entire industry. What does it mean to you, Johnny? Yeah, so for those of you out there who are busting my chops about internet, I've got the highest rate capability possible. I don't think it's my internet. It's something's wrong with my computer. So it skipped abs. I didn't catch the beginning of what he said. What did he actually say there? What was his comment? Ah, uh, shoot. You're putting me on the spot. Actually, oh, I'm sorry. Guys. Just play it again. It was like eight seconds. It's fine. Selman, did you hear the, did you hear that comment? So I'm losing my train of thought. It's fine. Um, let's you go to the last one that the moderator asks, the host asks. Yes. Yeah. So basically he's like saying that these are, I mean, first of all, he said these are real ugly facts, right? And he was yeah. basically saying, the guest was basically saying, um, we know that uh, after this collapse, we heard about you because we didn't do our due diligence. But um, Sam Bankman-Fried's mother is actually organizing these uh, donations, et cetera, for uh, political parties and many other things, as far as I know. And so this is why he was super close and was pretty much, you know, actually in that situation, probably uh, donating so much money. And um, he's a big player in the crypto space and donating so much money to Biden. Where were the... Ah. I don't know what is right. going on today. You later. Is that me or is that No, no, that's that's Selman here. Guys, we are being attacked by the global elites. And to me, you know what that means? That means we are sharing truthful information. And Selman, while you get your Wi-Fi fixed out, I'm coming right back to you, my friend. Don't even worry. I want to hey, read abs, abs, I think I so I did so he sounds like he said something about Trump lose or something like that, right? So what happened was sorry, I lost my train of thought. What happened was that FTX launched a couple of tokens. One was called Trump Win, one was called Trump Lose. Sam Beckman freed then went on his Twitter and told people to buy these tokens and short the one that says lose and buy the one that says win. Very oh, obvious games gotcha. being played, and he was criticizing him. Yeah, okay, it makes sense. And listen, the, the, that's a the C CEO of Citadel, right? This he comes out, that's pretty ballsy to come out and throw that question. But the reality is he's right. Why aren't people looking at this? You know, why aren't we, you know, why aren't, why isn't the public aware if some of these things were insolvent or close to being insolvent? Where are the regulators helping out on that kind of a thing? Now, remember this, Abs, FTX was founded, the one that crashed, and it was a European or a, not European, Bahama, I think Bahama-based exchange. So the SEC has nothing, unfortunately, the SEC really can't regulate that one per se in the U.S. Now, they did create an FTX us and that one would most likely be regulated but that wasn't the one that kind of took everything down but nonetheless yeah there's a lot of crappy stuff going on there and i forgot to mute my phone sorry guys this is a weird morning we're having here we got 376 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button i'm still bringing the energy my friends and maybe this collapse was planned all along as we're reading a tweet here that's very very interesting so maybe this collapse was planned all along think about it wouldn't it be funny if we removed most of our cryptos from exchanges and then some sort of legacy financial system such as BlackRock or JP Morgan 
comes in and starts to custody our cryptocurrency. Selman, I'm kicking it right back to you, my friend. This is a classic problem reaction solution situation. And of course, the government's here to save the day. So what does it mean to you that the government may have planned this all along and we're eventually going to have our, cust our crypto custodied by centralized entities like JP Morgan and BlackRock? Man, Johnny was talking about JP Morgan and I think they're attacking us right now. But um, we're back. And I just want to say this. We were all hoping for regulation because we want institutional money to get in and you know mass adoption. But we never thought of this. Literally, during the eclipse, perfectly, I would say, orchestrated. That was perfectly planned. And so imagine, as you said, it was a problem. Now we're showing the reaction. Everybody's upset. People lost money. And they're going to come hard at us with harder regulation. They want to make sure that these these. Blockchains will be decentralized, no worries, but accessing them will be so centralized and all these exchanges need to do so many KYC stuff, everything. It's going to be tough. 2023, we're going to see crazy regulation uh, or legislations and we need to fight back, right? And BitBoy obviously warned us for a long time and now you can see what happened. And they're not just BitBoy, there are many people talking about this. And so I believe it's going to be tough. And even Klaus Schwab, literally people are talking about it. <laughs> you will own nothing and be happy. After the FTX one, I own nothing, but I'm not happy. That's the point. But at least 50% we achieved that. We need to be happy now and then it's all good. Uh, NFT Tones, I'd love to get some thoughts from you here. We're about to show our listeners a video of Klaus Schwab directing the world leaders on how to operate during this global reset. And we got Gonzo who just joined the live chat. So Gonzo, before I play this quick video, I'd like to welcome you in. Thank you for being here and how you feeling, my friend. Always excited to have you on the show. I'm doing good. Can you guys hear me? Kind of having issues with my earbuds. <laughs> Don't worry, we're having all kinds of issues today. Oh, I'm doing good, dude. Sorry it took so long. You fit in perfect today. But I just wanted to come by uh, and just say what's up, see how everything's going. Yesterday was kind of a great show. I got to watch it back yesterday. But you know what's funny is I was watching one of our older shows just to look at clips. Man, that call that we made on, on the lower low, dude, I, like you got to go back and look at some of our older shows. It is a hell of a call. But go ahead and play the thing so I can mute this and then I can fix the earbuds so you don't get all this extra stuff. Awesome, guys. Thank you for being here, Gonzo. And we're about to play you this short clip of Klaus Schwab directing world leaders on how to operate during this financial reset. We're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. Oh, shoot. I'm realizing that the audio is absolutely horrible on this video. But Johnny Crypto, I'm kicking it right back to you, my man. Klaus Schwab is talking about how right now we are going through historic times where the financial system is moving away from fiat and into the infinite digital system. And that's a pretty exciting time to be an investor like us. What are you thinking about the inevitable development? Oh, my goodness. This man's computer again. I'm going to kick it to somebody whose computer's working. Is anyone's computer working? My, my, my computer's working. Okay, perfect, Gonzo. <laughs> so what's the question? <laughs> I'm talking about Klaus Schwab just to find that everything is going digital. He breaks it down in this digital, and he breaks down how compliance is going to be the number one narrative going forward. So it's really interesting to hear that. What are you thinking about Klaus Schwab telling the world, not only are we going digital, everyone's going to have to comply? Yeah, dude. I mean, if you think about what we just experienced, right, with FTX, right? Um, uh, Kevin O'Leary was on Crypto Banter this morning, and that's exactly what he was talking about, how he's going to Washington, D.C. They're going to use this as an excuse, right? And the more that you look at it, and the, what I was thinking about this morning, it, like the bigger picture, it almost feels like on purpose, right? Like they did this on purpose, so they in the regulation that they wanted to. SBF was their puppet. Right. And they just brought this thing in and they completely collapsed it. 
Um, they talk about all these people that saw the red flags. Of course they saw the red flags. It seems like they just let it happen. Whether it's Gary Gensler allowing it to happen because of the connection with the girl, the CEO, right? And the connection with Gary Gensler and his boss at MIT. He either saw that they were incompetent and he knew that they were going to crash it or he had them crash it on purpose, however you want to look at it. This is absolutely going to bring in regulation and I'm starting to feel like it's not going to be a regulation that we like, right? It's not going to be regulation towards decentralization. It's going to be the other way. As crazy as that sounds, even though it was the centralized entity that caused all of this. Thank you, Gonzo. And we got 404 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here. Regardless of the technical difficulties, we're going to continue to provide value, my friends. And Johnny Crypto, we're showing our listeners how the FTX investor list has some of the largest financial players on the planet. And many of them, I believe, knew of the impending collapse several weeks before it actually took place. And it's the evidence is clear. Guys like BitBoy Crypto were coming out and telling the public, if BitBoy Crypto could figure it out, I guarantee BlackRock had figured it out beforehand. What does it mean to you? Not only the FTX news, but what's going on from an overall standpoint? Yeah, you know, to me, there's a, a list we showed yesterday. It shows all his investments, where he's in, how it's working. You know, just take a look at that list. It's on, on our Twitter pages. And you can just make sure that, you know, all the stuff he was in, the Voyager went down, Three Arrows went down, Solana's going down. I mean, it's just everything he's taking is going down with him. You got to be careful. And these guys here on the list, I mean, of course they had to know what's going on. I mean, these are big players. They're smart money. They know the deal. They have, they do the, they got teams and teams of people that do research on this kind of stuff before they invest in anything. It would be highly shocking to me if they didn't know what was going on and, and so, but for me, that's not, I don't care about that. That doesn't matter. What matters to us is how do we avoid these debacles in the future? How do you make sure you're protecting yourself and your family's generational wealth? That's all that matters here, right? That's what we're here for. And so we know that one of the things you want to try to do is make sure you've got your, your coins, you know, in the safest place possible. And we all know that that's cold storage. You know, now me, I personally, I personally have a lot of faith in Kraken and I haven't been as, concerned to move it off as everybody else is because i trust it and i it's been around for 10 eight years and they got all, over hundreds of people working there and i think they're good so but you have to do what helps you sleep better at night abs that's what this is all about right now this is about survival the guy just told you 95 percent of stuff's going away he's right exchanges are going away coins are going away everything's going away and so you want to make sure that you've got your horses in the race the right horses, what you think are the most likely ones to win, and then in the safest place possible. And to me, that's those are the things you need to do to put yourself in the best position to win. Holy cow. So many comments coming in. I'm getting confused. Sorry, Johnny. Those comments are not for you. I just think they're hilarious when I put them up on the screen. But here's a really interesting article. The title of our video was Ripple has added a $1 trillion corridor. And we're going to break that down right now. So let's check out this groundbreaking news as Ripple adds a new ODL corridor with the potential value of nearly $1 trillion. So we're going to skip that article and get right into the one that Ripple published yesterday. Money Mobile has long supported the economic growth for businesses and individuals throughout Africa. Well, they have just partnered with Ripple to bring on-demand liquidity to over 35 countries on the continent. This is going to allow capital to move seamlessly as information moves on the internet. Africa boasts over 2.7 million, sorry, 
$2.7 trillion market opportunity as the driver of business growth worldwide. The innovation of digital payment rails can make this a reality, and the number of users worldwide is expected to reach 70% of the global population. So 70% of global on-demand liquidity is going to be coming from Africa, and now Ripple has just positioned themselves to lead the continent in global liquidity. Gonzo, I'm coming right back to you before we kick it around the group. What do you think about Ripple capitalizing on this move? Regardless of the SEC lawsuit, we just saw possibly a trillion dollars coming to the XRPL. Yeah, dude, it seems like Brad Carlinghouse, he's playing chess, not checkers, right? He's already making moves way in advance, but we've already seen this as they build their corridors. And it seems like um, that's going to be a major place where they test these kind of things, right? Where they roll these things out before they roll it out in the U.S., right? Because if it works over there and it starts to surprise, um, it starts to move money, right? And they find a use case for it there. You know what's very interesting is who else, what other blockchain is really big in Africa? Johnny? Uh, Hedera? Cardano. Oh, Cardano, Cardano. Cardano, right? Yeah, so it's really interesting uh, if, if you look at that region, how uh, in that whole narrative, banking the bankless, uh, how this thing's going to play out. But yeah, I mean, there's a reason why like XRP and Ripple – uh, whether you're invested in Link2 or like XRP, it, it's our biggest kind of holdings. It's because of what these guys are doing. Um, there's anything's possible in the matrix, but the way that these guys are making moves, they are planning as if they've won the lawsuit, right? So now it's just like a matter of time um, and they're going to continue to do this, right? Even the US is a huge market, but let's say they do lose, right? And it's considered a security. These guys are just going to continue to do this all over the world, except for the U.S., right? I, I mean, let's be honest. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be worldwide. But they're going to continue to make moves. They're going to continue to do this all over the world. And then I think the U.S. will just be last because we're the only country that says that Ripple, I'm sorry, that XRP um, is a security, right? Everyone else says it's a currency, right? And that's how they're moving. So we just need to catch up. You're spot on, Gonzo, and we've had Singapore, we've had the UAE, and we've had many countries in Europe say exactly what you just did. Not only is XRP not a security, it's operating as a commodity or a brand new asset class in and of itself. Someone, I'm kicking it to you here. I just wanted to read one more line for our listeners out there. It said, this new partnership is 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 going to create a mission to make borders matter less when it comes to payments through and without Africa. This is going to connect more than 400 million mobile wallets across 35 countries while operating on upwards of 800 payment corridors across the continent. Ripple is unleashing a corridor here. What does it mean to you, Salman, that Ripple is positioning themselves to be the forefront of on-demand liquidity in Africa? Once again, they got us this morning. Gonzo, take the floor. You might be the only computer who's working again. <laughs> no, I mean, like I, I already said it, like, you, you know, these guys are, are building the, the quarters for their on-demand liquidity and they're just going to continue to do that, right? And then yeah. Africa is a big region, right? And, and believe it or not, there is a lot of money there, right? That's why they're going there. And they're just going to continue to do this. Um, uh, but I do think, I, somebody brought up a point about whether it's a, like if they do lose the case, you're right. If it ends up being a security, it'll get worked out and it'll still have its clarity and you're still going to get institutional money that's going to come in and invest it, right? 100%. The only ones that the only ones that'll get screwed are the retail investors, right? But maybe they'll do something where you get grandfathered in if you're already invested and they'll create like a new rule kind of like what they did with the whole Nexo thing, right? Where if you were earning, you were already you were grandfathered in. So they'll probably work something like that out, but you're right. The influx of money will still come in because they're going to get the clarity 
um, that the institutional money is waiting for. 100% gone. So I love having you on the show. We got 419 live listeners. This is some amazing news, NFT Tones, because when you talk about 400 million mobile wallets across Africa, the 35 different countries is what really catches my attention because now 35 countries are going to have the ability to use XRP for cross-border payments. And we always talk about how the flow of liquidity only drives the value. So, so much bullish momentum here. What are some quick thoughts from you, NFT Tones, on this latest development from Ripple? Yeah, so I think that this is huge. We have more than 400 million wallets now able to access XRP in Africa. We also have 35 countries now that can access XRP. And we also have seen an increase in sales by 200%. So I think that these numbers are huge. And I think as we see more and more time go on, we'll see more of an adoption of XRP and we'll see these numbers actually go up. Now, what's crazy to me is that people in Africa are actually the younger generation is starting to get their hands on phones and they're starting to understand this technology. And I think the further, the more we push this technology, the more it will get adopted because it benefits everybody, even these people in low income countries and stuff like that. So I, I really think that this will be very beneficiary uh, in the future. And as we go along. Thank you. And Johnny Crypto, I'm not sure if we got you here. Hopefully the elites don't freeze you again. But when you talk about a trillion dollars coming to the XRPL, it fits into the narrative that we painted earlier in the show, talking about how this token was built to be high value. Very exciting times for this XRPL, the XRP ledger. What does it mean to you, my friend? Yeah, certainly want to see a lot of use case for it. I think, you know, there was somebody that did some math and I forgot the numbers now, but for XRP to get to like two or $300, we needed like, derivatives to be part of the play it needs to be a big number because don't forget you got a hundred billion tokens out there um but nonetheless I, you know I, I don't worry i don't i don't everybody's worried about 589 and 10k i don't give a shit about any of that somebody said it best in the chat they said if this thing gets to 75 bucks i'll be a multimillionaire, right not me but them and that's 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 really the reality right i don't really i'm not hung up and i'm not expecting these kinds of numbers and if you're sitting there at home Right now, and you're saying, Oh my god, I'm gonna be a multimillionaire because this thing's going to 10k. I hate to I don't want to say what I want to say because I don't want to I don't want to disrespect. Yeah, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but just guys, that's a false dream. I'm not me personally, I'm not sitting there banking on and counting and hoping that this thing gets to 10k. It's just that's <laughs> so funny. They, they froze him again because he's telling the truth. A, it's a, like the second he goes mainstream, the second he starts making a point, and he doesn't actually realize and that. Good points, too, because it's it not. It, listen, All right, don't you, call me, man. Keep it small. Keep just, small just, do the, just do the math, guys, right? You got to look at total market cap and those kind of number of things, right? It was like that whole argument about SHIB going to ascent. It's not going to ascent, right? Not you just got to do the simple math, right? Like, you, you know, we're always conservative, right? Like we start looking at targets at like seven to $10, right? When the SEC lawsuit, depending, uh, resolves, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, we, we literally need to get up above 60 cents to start moving up to the next range. Right. So I'm right. looking at maybe a dollar, a dollar 50 with the hype of, of the, uh, of winning this lawsuit. And then the relisting of it on all the exchanges, I'm thinking in my head, maybe a dollar 50, Right. We're still kind of in a bear market. We got all this macro stuff. So don't let people tell you, like, even in a few years, it's not going to 10K, right? I, I, I mean, that's just, unre it's, it's unrealistic. And you got to keep your, you got to keep reality and realistic and these numbers in your head because you don't want to get all like sucked into the hopium and stuff like that. And then, because that kind of thinking is the kind of thinking that gets you to where we're in a bull run and maybe this thing goes to seven, $10. 
and you don't sell, right? You start diamond handing and I'm waiting for 10K and then it goes all the way back down and you don't pull your profits, right? You should always pull chips off the table, pull your profits because we're going to go through another cycle and you're going to wish that you had that money on the side to go back in. You're seeing that right now in this bear market, right? When he hit these lows, you know, you think about what you could have gotten at these lows compared to maybe a few months ago. So, you know, just you got to, it's the way that you think about it, right? Yes. And just to wow. add to the narrative here, it's it's really interesting. If XRP had Bitcoin's market cap today, it would only be $6.50. But one of the exactly. reasons that XRP has such an exponentially large price target is because of the use cases. We talk about it every single day. There's over $5 trillion transferred cross-border every single day on this planet. And what XRP is trying to do is take a portion of that liquidity and run it through their blockchain. So it's very, very simple as to how we could get to these extremely high price targets. And Johnny, you brought up a really interesting point. What, how much money would it take to get us to $10,000 in market cap? It would take $1 quadrillion in total. Right. So we're talking about literally the tokenization of every single asset on the planet moving over to the XRPL. That's the only way we're going to get to $10,000. But Johnny, you got any comments? Yeah, no, you're 100% right. That's the whole point of the conversation, right? Is that the size of the prize that it would take to get to that high number isn't going to happen overnight. It isn't going to happen if you flip a switch. It's going to take multiple years, 5, 10, 15, 20 years to actually get there. But everybody has this fallacy in their mind. Not us, not us here and not any of our warriors in the chat. I know you guys all get it. Um, it's just not gonna, it's, it's not, it's not going to be like this flip the switch and tomorrow we're going to go from 82 cents to, to, to 10 K. I, I'm not seeing that anyway. I'm not believing it. In fact, I've said on this show, I wouldn't be surprised when the settlement comes, if we don't go any more than where we were before the case, you know, we might get a quick spike to a dollar, but don't be surprised if we bounce back and we hang around 70, 80 cents. That's where we were before. And we're not in a bull market. We're in a bear market. So don't be surprised. I think everybody's expecting 3 to $10. Be great if it happens, but I'm not expecting it. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, all I want is the monkey. I want the monkey off of Ripple's back so that when we go into the next bull run, right? We just went through a major bull run and everything pumped except kind of Ripple. We don't want anything on its back to prevent it from pumping. And that's what I'm hoping for. That's my strategy. That's why I'm sitting tight and I'm hodling. Guys, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And when I look at the XRP price chart, it looks like one that's loads of potential. We haven't even incorporated XRP. We have incorporated XRP, sorry, NFTs to the XRPL yet. And when that takes place, we're going to have DeFi migrate over. We're going to have on-demand liquidity migrate over. And the use cases are going to flood into this network, hopefully pushing this value far above previous all-time high at only $3.70. NFT tones, I'd love to get some quick remarks from you. The XRP price chart is a really interesting one because whenever it moves, it goes parabolic. I remember when we were in 2017, over 240 days, XRP went from less than a penny to over $3.70 in market cap. That's over a 70,000% gain. When you see what happened in 2021 here, this massive green candle that I'm highlighting right here, this candle, this only took all this price action. This was most of the momentum for the year. That took 17 days. So when this price chart moves, not only does it move quickly, but it has some insane momentum. I'd love to hear from thoughts from you, NFT Tones. What does it mean to you? Yo, that's exciting. That means it shows you that in the future, when we do have a good news, it shows that it could take a couple of days. So even if you aren't in right away, you still have time to load your bag. But what's interesting is we know it's going to take time. Once we start to see those green bars, we know it's going to go up and it, it's not going to go up all at once. We know it's going to take a couple of days. So that's something to definitely consider and something to keep out for. So, you know, you might, you might want to sell some of your tokens 
at what you think is the top and then maybe save some for the next selling point. So how I'd always do everything is I, I uh, set specific price targets and then I sell about five, three to 5% of my coins, depending on when it hits the target. So no matter what happens, I always sell whether it goes down or up afterwards. It's always another time to get back into the coin. So no matter what, always do your own research and not financial advice, but always pay attention to coin prices and when what and set those price limits when you are going to exit the coin. Thank you, NFT Tones. We got to really what helps you exit. Well, guess what helps you set those price targets, man? That's amazing, my friend, but he still hasn't turned off those notifications. We got 300, 403 live listeners joining us. We're about to show you a really interesting video of Sam Bankman-Fried being painted in a very positive light before the FTX collapse, before reality came crumbling down. So we're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. Sam Bankman-Fried went from buying his first Bitcoin to becoming a crypto billionaire many, many times over, and he's just 30 years old. Sam will tell you he's always wanted to get rich, but not for the reasons you might expect. All that money, he plans to give most of it away to charity. Do you have a sense of how much he's given away so far? It's a bit north of 100 million so far this year. You're pretty low key in terms of what they think about. Let's just pause it there because you get the gist. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, John, go. I'm just saying, dude, look, <laughs> there's no way. Okay. I'm not saying that there aren't billionaires that are philanthropists and they and they donate their money and stuff, but not while they're getting there, right? Like, how can you say that? Like, I've heard these other arguments about him that he didn't care about money. That, that's a red flag right there, right? All billionaires, all millionaires care about money, right? Um, that's how they got there, right? They didn't become millionaires by just giving away their money. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's just it, another thing that was kind of off about the guy, right? Uh, I, I just think it's just hilarious, right? I mean, the way that they painted him, the way that the media just jumped on it and just ran with it, and now like egg on the media's face, right? Exactly, Gonzo. And we're actually showing a list of his political donations from earlier this year. As of over the $39.9 million he donated, Sam Bankman-Fried gave $37 million of other people's money to the Democratic campaign. So Johnny Crypto, I'm kicking it right to you, my friend. What's it mean? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yo, yo, take the name. See where it says Sam Bankman-Fried? Right, delete that soul bitch. Take that out of there and put other people's money. Put like Joe Schmo and everybody else. Oh, Joe the Plumber. And Mike, the, the electrician, because those are the poor bastards that actually incidentally donated their money to this campaign because SBF. Oh, yeah. Let me grab that. Thank you, Dillip. Thanks for that. All right. So you guys see it? There we go. This is for, the, for the new folks here, we're just going to show you where Sam Brank Freeman lies on the rat snake weasel index. And we're going to put him all the way. We're going to break the chart for Sam. We're going to go past. We're going to break that soul bitch. Right. So that's where he is on the list. We know he's the biggest rat snake weasel of them all out there. But he didn't donate the money. That's not his money. He stole that money. That's just say stolen money. And so the question now is, what's going to happen to Fred? So, Sam, you want to see? Ready? Watch this. Ready? See that? That's my wrist. You see my wrist? Oh, no, that was too hard. This is what's going to happen to Sam. No, matter of fact, I'll just move the wrist. That's what's going to happen to Sam. Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. What? He, you know what? He took a playbook out of the Wall Street guys. <laughs> exactly. Right? A page out of the – I'm sorry. He took a page out of the Wall Street – Playbook, he studied right? it. Like this is exactly what happened with 2008 and the collapse, right? As they started to, some of them went down. Some of them were saved, right? Goldman Sachs and those guys, because you started to see who their friends were and they made phone calls because of the donations. So that's where he learned it, right? It's nothing new under the sun. So that, that, that's where, that's where he learned this thing and he implemented it. Right. And, and kudos for him. We'll see if he goes to jail. I mean, he did a lot of stupid shit. Um, and so, um, 
you know, we're going to see. I, I still think there's a there's a chance that 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 he might because it, it was just more than uh, the things that were going on with Alameda and FTX and the market making thing. I I think the stealing of the funds uh, will come back to bite him. I think if they wouldn't have done that, if they would have left customer funds alone and they would have just done everything else they did and people just lost their money because they went insolvent, I think he would have been fine. But I, I think that's where you're going to have an issue. Right? And this but is a we'll really see. interesting we'll comment. See. Well, this is a really interesting comment here, Gonzo. It said, market cap is used by those who don't understand economics. And I actually understand why Mentelect is, is, is saying this because you can take a token, for example, like FTT, what they did. I can issue a trillion tokens, right? And then I can convince Johnny Crypto to buy one of my tokens for $1. Now my, now my asset has a trillion dollar evaluation on the back end when in reality, basically done nothing. So Johnny, if you could just speak to that really quick. That's exactly what Alameda Research was doing. That's what they did with the FTT token, right? They were buying and selling it and then they were causing a huge market cap. So yeah, right on mental. Exactly. You know, and let's you know start. Oh, go ahead, Johnny. You Sorry. know what else that represents? Unfortunately, our banking system. And that's the problem. There is no law against it. What he did was not illegal because nobody's made the law to say that's illegal. So you're going to continue to see these kind of crimes or I should, I can't even call it a crime because it's not illegal what he did. You know, so that's the problem is you have to make this a crime so that it doesn't happen anymore. And until that happens, somebody even said it. He didn't break any laws. That's why not 2008 abs. You know who went to jail? Nobody. None. Some low-level guy, you know, sitting down in the basement somewhere went to jail because they hadn't said something. But nobody nobody went to jail. There was no real nothing. And yet that took down the whole damn world or country, right? So there's no way that that he's just nothing. There's nothing. Nothing's going to happen to him. Jim Cramer called Sam Bankman Freedom modern-day JP Morgan. When we talk about the games that the elites play, Johnny Crypto, we know one of the rules is they have to show you and tell you what they're going to do before they do it. And this is a clear example of that. They promoted two frauds on the front of their Forbes magazine, and we saw both of these companies and individuals collapse. So Gonzo and then NFT Tones, any closing remarks for today about them having to show you the game before it takes place? Yeah, I mean, like you're going to see uh, that there th there's a lot of ties to Silicon Valley, right? That's why they're showing this picture. This was the whole fraud thing with uh, the the billions of dollars that were wasted in the testing, right? They were supposed to make this little machine that tested your blood, and it was supposed to be in all these different stores. And it, it was like an another whole little Silicon Valley run that they did. It's the same thing that kind of happened in the dot-com bubble, right? That we're, we're just seeing this play out again, right? You had these over-evaluations of these companies that were dot-com that shouldn't have had the valuations. They didn't really have a product. They, there was really nothing behind it. It was all hype. But you had all this venture capital that were just throwing all this money to it and then all of a sudden there was a collapse so that's what we're seeing right now we're just seeing a replay of the dot-com bubble right we're just seeing it now thanks gonzo and i wanted to close this episode out by showing our listeners a quick view of the penthouse that sam bankman fried was living in nft tones this is a 40 million dollar penthouse we got 30 seconds here what are you thinking of this spot yo i think that looks beautiful but god damn can't believe that's what he was living in like it's gotta I mean, be nice i can't to be believe it I'm, I like it's got to be the plumber and Mike the electrician were paid for that. Of course, he's living it. Why? Dude, no, wait a minute. He was driving a Corolla. He was poor, right? He was living like the peasants. <laughs> money doesn't wait. He didn't care about money. He didn't care about money. This is the guy who said, I don't care about money.
<laughs> it's unbelievable. And you know what the best part about this house is, Johnny? Yeah. It was done with other people's money. And there was 15 employees living in this house. So it's really interesting. If somebody wants to go down a rabbit hole, check out what was happening in the Bahamas with this weird group of people. They were doing some freaky stuff and it's been documented. But with that being said, we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do, saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to NFT Tones. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath. Another amazing episode. We've got 376 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> I, I got frozen tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Oh, we got King. We got King Solomon joining the show tomorrow, guys. King, King Solomon, Solomon is joining the show. Where is it? I'm trying to get it up. Oh well.